0: Hi, this is Erica Bogan. And thank you for listening to the I Am Spartan podcast
1: with Scott Knowles. I am Scott the Fane Knowles, and you're listening to another episode of I Am Spartan OCR podcast. On this episode, I have Liam Mitchell on. He's from United Kingdom. He's a coach with Primal Fitness. If you didn't listen to the episode I did with Matt Roberts from Primal Fitness a few episodes back, you need to go listen to that one too. That was an awesome episode. This was a great episode as well. Both of them are from the United Kingdom. We talk a lot about races over there, races over here, and the differences and the likenesses between you know both countries and how they do the races and every time i talk to somebody from a different country or somebody who's gone and done races in different countries it makes me want to travel and go to these other races i wish i had more money but anyway here's the interview with liam mitchell liam mitchell what's going on with you today man
0: how's it going scott uh yeah things are going pretty well i'm not enjoying the uh cold weather in the uk that (laughs) that is for sure
1: Oh yeah, but y'all talk about it like Celsius and shit like that. See, we're in Fahrenheit though here, man.
0: So, so it's what's...
1: it's like it's like fifty something here today, which I don't know what that would be in Celsius over there. You probably know though, don't you?
0: No, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, you are the second Brit that I've ever had on my show, and uh, your buddy Matt told me to uh, reach out and talk to you. And um, so, I know you're 25 years old, I don't know where you're from, but I know that you've been kicking ass in age group, man, and we want to hear your story, man. So, like, where are you from, and like, what do you do for a living right now?
0: So, I'm from a town called uh, Tamworth, it's on the outskirts of Birmingham. Um, So a lot of people know Birmingham uh, from the uh, Peaky Blinders. I don't know, it's a TV series. I don't know if you've uh, seen it.
1: Oh yeah, man, it's a great show, great show. Uh, It
0: really is. (laughs) And um, at the moment, I'm a boot camp instructor. uh, So I deliver classes outdoors and help build the community. So I'm helping others turn their lives around. And I'm also a uh, coach for Matt as well at uh, Primal Fitness.
1: Right. So isn't Birmingham? Isn't that where Ozzy's from too? Like Ozzy Osbourne? Am I wrong?
0: I have no idea. I couldn't tell you. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> but I know you're younger. But you know who Ozzy Osbourne is, right?
0: I know. I, I know who he <laughs> is, but I'm not, I'm not. I'm not too sure exactly where he's from.
1: I might be wrong about that one, but it, it seems like I. It seems like there's some people from that are into metal that were from Birmingham. I feel like. But um, possibly. Yeah. So, um, so what exactly, like, describe to me, like, what would, like, a class of battle boot camp be like?
0: It all depends on the day. It all depends what classes we have got planned. So we have a variety of classes from running to speed and agility to circuits to strength. Then also combat PT as well, which is a military style session um each session about 45 minutes long so it all depends on the day what uh, i've got scheduled in
1: so like when you say that you do like military boot camp or do you do like stuff where like you would help somebody like you know meet the requirements to say you know be in a certain class in the military or is that like even a thing over there
0: So I do know a couple of guys that do help people um, prepare specifically for the military. And this is more to get people out of their comfort zones um, for those that don't enjoy training in the gym, that prefer to challenge themselves outdoors, be part of a great community and um, to just make their lives a bit better instead of uh, sitting on their ass and doing fuck all. All day,
1: right, and so that's this, this that's just pretty much your like your full time job. And you probably got like is it like a gym? Do you own it, or is it somebody else's gym? So it's in a park. So, um, okay. we
0: pay the council, so the owners pay the council. And um, so, I'm just one of their instructors. So, the venue owners will pay the council from there, and we will go to that specific park and uh deliver the classes from there,
1: right. <clears throat> Okay, ma'am. So, I know a little bit about you now. So, here at I'm a Spartan Podcast, we do our due diligence in trying to find out stuff about our guests that come on. And it's been brought to my attention that, you know, you you have some tattoos, you know, and I've seen some tattoos that you have in your pictures and whatnot. But it's been brought to my attention by, um, you know... I can't reveal all my sources, that, that you have some tattoos on your ass. And I'm just curious, like, did you lose a bet or is it like your first girlfriend or, you know, like the girl you lost your virginity to? Is it her name? Like, tell us about this.
0: So that is actually a really good question. I do have a tattoo on my ass.
1: Yes, it's, um, <laughs> it's a town called Skegness in
0: the U.K., Um, And each year, um, myself, uh, my nan, my granddad, my cousin and my auntie, um, we'd always go there. um, And then I'd also go with my family as well. And it's always been a place where I've had great memories. And I thought the one time I was like, fuck it, why not? (laughs) Like a couple of drinks were involved as well. Um, but, But it just, yeah, I just do random shit. If I think, do you know what, fuck it. That's
1: it. <laughs> so you just decided to get it all, you know, just get it tattooed on your ass?
0: Pretty much, yeah. So uh, one of the nicknames now is uh, Skeggy, for those that are close with me. Uh, they know me as Skeggy.
1: Skeggy. That's, cool, that's a cool nickname, though. So <clears throat> When you started saying that, and you were talking like me and my family, and I thought you were about to say, we all got tattoos on our ass. That's what I'm talking <laughs>
0: about. <laughs> That would be fucking awesome. That that would
1: be awesome, but that that didn't happen. Only my cousin has got the same tone. Oh, yeah. So I saw, like, you know, I was also looking, like, deep down into your IG, man, and I saw, like, a bunch of, like, old, like, military stuff, and I saw that you said you served, like, four years in the military, right?
0: Yeah, that's correct.
1: So, like, what did you do in the military? Or was it, like, kind of, like, basic infantry and stuff like that?
0: So, I was armoured infantry, um, nothing special. You could have either gone light role or armoured. Um, I chose armoured. And so I served in the Royal Battalion uh, First of the First Fusiliers. And from there, I did four years. Um, I promoted to Lance Corporal. I became a PTI, which is a physical training instructor. Um, but then things started to go south in my career. And then I uh, kinda of pulled the pin a little bit and then uh things change and life moves on.
1: So you say they went south, man, like is it like what do you mean went south? I mean you don't wanna to have to talk about it if you don't want to.
0: So, um I got involved with drugs and drink quite a lot, mainly cocaine. Um, oh, that that started from alcohol. As soon as I had a drink, I wanted some gear, like it was That's how it was. Um, It it started off as a weekend thing and -hmm. then it became quite a regular thing um, and it was destroying my life. I ended up getting caught. Um, I got kicked out of the army, so a dishonorable discharge. Oh, damn. from there, um, I kind of went off the rails a little bit, um, abusing cocaine, drinking quite a lot. I was going abroad, partying, just not really giving a fuck about my life and my health. I was basically like, fuck it, fuck the world. Like, there was a lot of hatred um, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And then things needed to change. Um, and that's when I reached out to Matt uh, a couple of years ago.
1: So, like, how did that? How did that change take place? Like, did you already know Matt, or was it just like, you know, how did so, that
0: happen? So, Matt trained me as a soldier back in 2015. Okay. So, he was actually my trainer, and he trained me to be a soldier. And I was seeing the results that he was getting people, and I know that I needed, I needed a purpose in life. I just hadn't figured that out, so... I reached out to him, um, and then from there, started working on myself, my health. Um, that's where I found my love for Spartan racing as well, um, and then it's just been climbing the mountain ever since. Hmm.
1: So was it hard to like, you know, break the addiction, you know, that you have with like, you know, drugs and alcohol? Or are you still you may take like a drink every once in a while? Or are you just totally clean? So, I'm
0: totally clean. I haven't drank or touched cocaine in two years and nine months. Mm-hmm. It's, it was one of them. When I was working behind a bar, we had a work stew, and I remember it uh, very well. Um, I was completely off my face. I was causing fights and arguments with the bar staff, um, and I made a fool out of myself, and the embarrassment hit me quite a bit, Um I went to the doctors because I was mentally unstable from the amount of shit that I'd put on my nose. And Mm. then from there, I was like, I can't do it anymore. So that's when I gave up the drink and the cocaine completely. And I feel so much better for it. Um, It was hard at the beginning, but I also had to distance myself from the people I was hanging around with as well because they weren't making it any easier
1: now like when you were in the military you said you started doing this in the military was that something that was like easy to get while you were in the military
0: um yes it is i won't go into too much detail with that right. but it is uh, quite easy to get
1: yeah so i saw you were kind of like you were over here like training in uh canada for a little while too right
0: that's correct, um gorgeous place,
1: yeah, you had some pretty cool pictures on there too, uh, there was also a great video. It looked like your first post on uh Instagram where you were like in a gas chamber and you'd come out of there and you were coughing <laughs> protrusively, and everybody was laughing at you
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was uh that was uh back in uh, training, and the instructors loved it because that's where they got their revenge. <laughs>
1: That's pretty funny. So um so here you are, you know, you've cleaned up your act and you've and you've teamed up with Matt, you know, with Primal Fitness. And so I'm sure, you know, Matt kind of said come and do a Spartan race, you know, with us. And I saw what your first race was only just in 2021, right?
0: Yeah, that's correct. It was I think it was July. I know it was at the uh, Midlands.
1: And uh, you had a good race, even for it being your first race, right?
0: I did. I actually uh, podiumed on my first race, took third place, which was quite a surprise.
1: (laughs) So, these races that y'all do over there, like, are most of them like relatively flat that are in the UK or do y'all have like some that are like mountainous, ter- uh, you know, terrain or technical running? I know nothing about that area.
0: <laughs> so some of the areas, it can be quite steep. Um, I'd say Wales is probably the most steepest one with, for the hills, um, and the technical side of things. Um, that was, that's probably the hardest course. Midlands was quite quick. I'd say Pippingford has a few inclines, so in the south east London, but not as like nothing compared to what the um, US and Canada have.
1: Right, and so okay, so you go to your first race, and you're doing all this stuff, and I'm sure Matt probably prepared you for every single obstacle there but when when you were going through that race and you finished that race like tell us about like how you felt when you finished
0: I felt like there was something that in me that like lit up and I thought I knew that I was put on this earth to do something physical and practical like I hate theory like doing theory um, and paperwork stuff like that it's not for me I knew I was meant to compete in something and I knew I was going to be good at it it was finding what running was good but doing Spartan and finishing that like the challenge and after the challenge and failing some of the obstacles I wanted to learn I wanted to get better I wanted to improve I wanted to see like how far can I actually take this like how like if I become serious about this like what the fuck can I achieve in the next few years? Like, what can I achieve? Can I be chasing the pros? Can I, um, like, can I be one of the best in the UK as an elite? Like, mm-hmm. And that's the way I looked at it once I completed that race. I wanted to know where, what could I do to become better. And then since then, it's uh, just been practicing um, and becoming better.
1: Well, it looks like it's paying off because even in your first year, you placed second in the regional series. And uh, what, this year you placed third in the series, right?
0: Yeah, this year hasn't been the best year of racing for me.
1: So, and why do you say that?
0: Um, I had a lot of personal stuff go on. And then my mindset wasn't there. Um, mindset is a big key for racing. Right. Um, and this is something we say to clients quite a lot. If your mindset isn't there, if you're not focused on that day, then everything can like go wrong. Even if it's not going wrong, because your mind isn't there, it can really affect your performance. And for most races, my mindset just wasn't with it. Um so I've been I was doing some work with a coach to dial that in even more like after abusing cocaine for so long it does have a serious effect on your brain and your mind and you don't understand that like you know when like when you're at school and you have people that come in to talk to you about drugs and you're like ah oh, that won't affect me like that like it generally does and it messes like it can just, it can fuck up your body quite a lot, so not having that mindset there um well this year um it has it's had a knock on effect, but also there's been a lot of
1: lessons that I've been able to take away from it as well do you still get urges you know even though that you uh that you quit you know doing cocaine no well, that's good you know um so and and you said you know even though your mindset wasn't there and this hadn't been the best year you still won your age group for the European championship this year so that's that's pretty yeah. awesome for having a bad year leo yeah
0: that was <laughs> that was a race um i was injured before that and i was hearing a couple of things um people were thinking i was faking it and that kind of like pissed me off. Like, I was angry. I was angry with a few people. Um, and it was that race I went to make a big statement one for myself to prove that I am meant to be here, but also to every fucker that's ever doubted me, brought me down, and said that you can't achieve this, you can't do that. Because all I've heard is, europeans are the best in elite and age group and that the uk get absolutely destroyed in all um all categories so it was kind of like fuck that like it's time to prove these fuckers wrong because that wound me up like i had a fuel like there was a fire inside me that really just wanted to yeah, go out there and just yeah prove everyone wrong
1: right I guess we kind of have that rivalry over here a little bit, you know, because we kind of stay East Coast or West Coast. And there's always some people will say, well, the competition's harder on the West Coast. And then some say the competition's harder on the East Coast. So we we, we kind of have like, I wouldn't say it's a rivalry, but it's kind of like a just an argument of which coast has more competition, really. But, yeah, yeah, I had no idea that y'all had had a rivalry, like, you know, UK versus European. I think
0: think it's not even a rivalry. It's just a couple of things that people were telling me that, like, the UK has never been the greatest for racing. And I think it's now time to turn that around and, like, show that... There is some serious races in the UK that will be stepping it up, that will be to watch out for in the upcoming years.
1: So what country over there do you think probably does have like the better athletes or the most competition, in your opinion?
0: I'd, at this very moment in time, I would say Canada or France. Right. Okay. I would say they probably have the best athletes overall.
1: Right do a lot of do a do a lot of canadian people come over there and race too
0: it's not really um i haven't spoken to anyone that's canadian or that's came over from canada that's raced um i spoke to a couple out at the world championships um but not apart from that not this uh this season or last season
1: so like this past weekend we had a trifecta weekend that was in Florida, you know, central Florida, you know, and it's a flat, swampish venue, you know, which to me is, it's a fun venue, but it's for an East Coast race, it would probably be, you know, a lackluster, you know, venue to me. But since they had the, the kids' world's championship was here, there was like 28 countries of kids there. And a lot of their parents were there, too. And, uh, I, you know, I met some on the course during the race and talked to a couple after the race, too. I even saw uh, there was a guy there that had a Primal Fitness shirt on, too, this past weekend. And I just was thinking to myself, I hope they don't think that all of our venues are like this one because I just thought that I I would have hated to go across, you know, go across the pond and come to a race like Central Florida, you know, because that to me that just wasn't the best venue, you know. So, (laughs) if anybody over there's listening and they came to Florida and they were disappointed in that venue, there there's better venues out here. Of course, the Beast was. Uh, it was a different kind of a beast you know because we had this like swamp that you you trudged through for like 3 quarters of a mile and that's that's pretty different compared to what you would normally do in a florida beast so that that was kind of different and cool but most of the parents were probably watching their kids run the world champion race which was also on saturday so they didn't do the beast on Saturday, they probably run the super, and the super didn't have the little swampy area that was really cool. But uh yeah, there was a bunch of cattle running around and charging yeah, and did, hitting uh, people.
0: I did see. Uh, it looked uh, it looked pretty fun. Yeah. I think uh, Spartan should make that a, uh, a new
1: obstacle. You know, some people got hit. I saw where some guy's foot got stepped on by one, and I'm sure that... They probably were pissed about it, and it, it did bring some danger to it, and somebody really probably could have got hurt bad. But to me, it was pretty exciting, especially like when you're running through the woods, and you've already seen a bull go running into the woods, and then you got to go in the woods <laughs> behind it. <laughs> so, I mean, we were definitely on our toes, you know? But Yeah. It 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 was it was a fun race and it, that definitely added some excitement to it because you know you know you got a live obstacle out there that could possibly hurt you so yeah it was definitely definitely cool. <laughs> That's
0: where you need the resilience to get moving a lot faster.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. You had to light that those extra matches you were saving for sure. <laughs> so your European Championship race that was in london like southeast is that right
0: yeah that's correct
1: so tell us about the race man how'd it go
0: the race was epic um like that's probably one way i could describe that race the the course as well um it was very fast-paced to start off with um a lot of like a lot of us took off very quickly um now, I like to be with the front of the pack. I don't like being in the center mm. because you get stuck at the four-foot walls and the going the overs and unders. Right. And I don't like being in that, that crowd. I'd rather be ahead. Um, a lot of the obstacles, the the lake swim, like that was awesome. That really called you down. I know there was a few people that didn't enjoy it, that I don't think they were conditioned for the cold or to expect that, um, that swim. But that made it very interesting good battle There was a lot of quick athletes out on the course as well so it wasn't it wasn't an easy win it was literally it came down to literally the last obstacles and the last um the last push the spear throw it came down to Hmm.
1: so the swim let me ask you um because over here if we have a genuine swim where you can't touch the ground, they make us wear life preservers. Do they do that there?
0: So they did have those there. So we don't really have lake swims in the UK. Um, For the the European Championships, they did. They did have life jackets there for people that wanted them. But for those that didn't, you didn't have to wear one as long as you were comfortable and confident um, to swim through the lake.
1: See, I wish they would do that here because those things are awful to try to swim in with a fast pace, you know. And it just feels like you're pushing water more than you're gliding through the water when you have to wear it. But, like, it, West Virginia is about the only place... Well, I think West Virginia and Tahoe, they have a, a genuine swim, you know, where you have to swim. And they always make you wear, like, a life preserver. So That's interesting.
0: It's Is that because the lake's too deep, or is it just for health and safety reasons?
1: I think it's pretty much just for safety and probably insurance reasons. They probably just don't want to take a chance on somebody drowning.
0: Yeah, that's understandable.
1: Right. So, in your race, it was a beast race, and... That's one thing I was curious about is have they started like standardizing like the distances between the races and you know the more harder obstacles being in the beast distance instead of the sprint distance are they doing that there
0: Um what what do you mean
1: by that? So like they've started here in the US where a sprint will be like a 5k distance and the only grip obstacles you will have will be monkey bars, uh, Z-wall, and the rig. But the rig will only have rings all the way through it. Is that like the way a typical sprint goes there?
0: Um, that's a good question. I think, I think it's very similar with the sprint. I know the rig can either have rings going all the way through, or it'll have the metal bars
1: um,
0: going side, uh, facing sidewards. Right. They'll have monkey bars. I know they won't have ape hangar, twister, and there's quite a few obstacles that they
1: won't throw in there. Right. So I think it could be very similar to... um, Oh, in
0: the U.S.?
1: Yeah, so on the Super Course, that's when they would add, like, Beater, Bender, The Box, Olympus, Twister. That's when they'll add all those, and then those will also be, like, in a Beast Course, and then you'll have Stairway to Sparta. But on the Beast Course, the Stairway to Sparta will have those extra boards across the top that have the rock hole grips as well. Yeah. So, so,
0: uh, stairway spot
1: 2.0, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then like the vertical cargo, they'll put that platform in front of it.
0: Yeah. Just, just to make it a bit more challenging.
1: Okay, cool. So it sounds like they're pretty much doing the same thing there as they are here. You know, I'd heard about you know, they're, they're trying to standardize everything. I just didn't know if they were doing that there too, as well. i, I
0: I think there's quite a few things going on in the background, um, but I'm not entirely sure exactly what they are doing or what they plan for yeah. next year.
1: Well, so you know next year there's not going to be any burpee penalties. It's all going to be the penalty loops. Have they started doing penalty loops there?
0: Yes, yeah, so the, that's um, that's going to be in full swing next year. It will only be penalty loops. Um but I think they're going to make the penalty loops harder by throwing in a chain carry um, or a certain crawl. I'm not too sure exactly if they're going to do that or if it's just going to be a run. Um, but I was speaking to a few of the guys that were at the Sparta World Championships and mm-hmm. they were saying, well, the trifecta World Championships, and they were saying how the penalty loops, some had chain carries, so they were making them quite difficult. Because I think if you just put in a running penalty loop, people could complete that quicker than the actual obstacle itself.
1: Right. See, I agree with you because they're saying here that the penalty loops are going to be 200 meters, you know, which is like halfway around a track. And in Florida this weekend was kind of like a trial trial. I think the only obstacle that you had to do burpees on this weekend in the beast course was the monkey bars, but everything else had penalty loops and uh, I failed the spear on the super. So I run the penalty loop and I mean, I don't, I don't know how long it took me. I don't think it took me. It couldn't have took me more than a minute. You know, I don't, I don't think it did. And, uh, but I mean, that's subject to who everybody runs it. But when we run the sprint, I got to kind of look at it because we just run the sprint for fun. Um, there was one penalty loop where you had to, like, trudge through the mud and, like, you know, shin deep water. And I'm like, well, that's a legit loop there. And And you were saying that on penalty loops there, they're talking about carrying those chains. Like, I've seen y'all have those as a heavy carry alone. See, that's one thing we don't do. Over here in the U.S. is we don't have that chain carry, which I think is cool. I wish we did.
0: I've never done it myself. I haven't seen it in the U.K., but I've seen it out at the uh, trifecta world Championship.
1: Oh, okay. So, so and I know like over here we started putting, or actually the staff does it, you know, they'll fill up the buckets with the rocks and now they put a lid on it. Are they doing that there now too?
0: So the lids, been on it um, for the past couple of years. I don't
1: know okay. when they changed it. So it's about the same time. It was a couple of years ago when we st- when they started doing it here too, because they used to have it to where you couldn't put a bucket on your shoulder. Oh, <laughs> you had okay. to either carry it, and in- you had to always carry it in front of you which kind of made it a more difficult carry because it would start getting in your lower back if you didn't have a good back, you know? So people would have to set the bucket down and rest more that way, which now it's kind of like just another log carry or another sandbag carry, just a different object, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's, uh, it'd be interesting to see what they're doing the next couple of years, see if they'll start bringing some of those back.
1: Yeah. So how do you feel about going to a penalty loop instead of doing, say, like 30 burpees?
0: I'd rather have the burpees. Really? Just be- just because I know if I fail an obstacle,
1: I know I'm going to catch uh, the guys in front of me after a penalty loop. Right.
0: From being a strong runner.
1: <clears throat> See, I'm kind of bittersweet about it and because I'm more of obstacle proficient and a decent runner. Like in my age group, there's usually always somebody in my age group that's a faster runner than me. And I'm most of the time I take more risk through obstacles and I can get through most obstacles faster than some people. But like, if I'm going to fail something, I'm definitely, you know, out of the running most of the time. So, but more or less, if it's, besides spear throw and Olympus, most of the time, I can run a clean race. If it's, like, super wet or raining, sometimes Olympus will give me troubles, and, you know, the spear throw is always one of those things where, you know, just sometimes you have a fluke and you and you miss it. But, like, those are obstacles where if somebody fails the spear throw and they have to do 30 burpees and they're a faster runner, they're, they you have a better chance of staying ahead of them where if they have to run a penalty loop that takes less than a minute, you're probably not even going to be able to see that they miss the spear because they're already going to be gone. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. And then you never know where they're going to pop out of if they're ahead of you or behind. It's better to see them doing burpees because then you know you've got a 50-50 chance to overtake them. Yeah. And that,
1: and that's what it will. Uh, it always comes down to. Yeah, and and I and I get why they want to do it from like a spectator point, you know, because they showed that last race. You know, Ryan Atkins was leading the race, and he got there and failed the spear, and then he dropped a third. You know, where wherever that was, it was a Canada race, and uh, I get why they want to do it. They don't want a race to depend on you know, the spear throw because you had to do 30 burpees. I, I get that. But it's to all those guys, they're all great runners, you know. So, But yeah, in the yeah. age group, you know, you have some people that are just mediocre runners like me. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I'm on the fence with it. I kind of like it. I like it from a standpoint because the staff doesn't have to Go back to the video footage and count all these people that ran age group and count their burpees, so it makes it easier for them. So I'm all for that. So if it makes it easier on the staff, I guess I'm I'm all for it. You know, if it gets age group awards out sooner, I'm happy for that too.
0: <laughs> yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see um, next year how it how it all works out.
1: Yeah. Do they, were they videoing uh, burpee pits over there too as well?
0: Yeah, they had cameras at different, um, at each burpee.
1: Or at right, probably the more fallible obstacles anyway?
0: Yeah, so more, it was mainly, it was weird because you'd see some on the uh, like plate drag as well.
1: Oh, wow, really? Um, so did Jaws age group awards, do they always go on time or are they usually pretty late (laughs) over there too?
0: It can be, uh, it, it can be either on time or it can be late. Normally it's quite late and it gets, uh, pushed back.
1: Right. That's usually the way it is here too. It's, um, like I don't think...
0: They
1: uh, can stick with their time and their spot and struggle with a uh, with that. All right. So over there is, I mean, I know you, I know it's hard to compare because you haven't come to the U.S. too. But is there like is there a lot of cheating over there? Like people cheating on obstacles or not doing all their all their burpees? Do y'all talk about that in the community and stuff?
0: Yeah, there's you, you do see quite a few people cheat at times, um, especially on like certain obstacles where there's no marshals. Right. Um this year there was a couple of guys that were doing the women's play drag carry instead oh, of the men's. And it's like why why would you go to the women's when you know the men's is there? Like it's integrity to right. themselves for each obstacle. <laughs> Um, but it just goes to show that nothing can be done yeah, about it.
1: I, a lot of it here is I think people decide they're going to run age group and it may be their first or second or third race and they just don't know all the rules. And I know a lot of times... Like, you can stand and watch Helix, and people, I mean, age groupers will go through Helix all the time, and they'll grab the top, you know, and it's just because they just don't know the rules, you know. So, anybody out there that's thinking about doing age group or elite, you know, you need to read the rule book so you know all the rules, because yeah. you don't want to get penalized for something you didn't know. But...
0: like no. hes He's got every obstacle in there as well. So... Yeah. You you can't miss anything apart from the new laser that they're looking to bring out. I don't think that's uh, in the rule book.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, if I was going to come over there and do a race, man, like what venue, out of the venues that you've done, what venue would you suggest that I come and try out, man?
0: Wales or Southeast, London Southeast.
1: Wales or London Southeast? Yeah. Yeah i've always heard of oh man what is it dang is it is it maureen is that what i'm th- thinking of is that the one i'm thinking of i think that's more Midlands. france though right Morzine, Morzine, more, zine. more, zine. more
0: zine. Yeah. i think that's france yeah.
1: yeah 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 man my geography's off but uh I've, I've always heard that that's a really cool course but um have, have you ever done any of those or are you pretty much just stuck to the uk
0: um apart from abu dhabi it's been the uk
1: right on so how did you and did did you like the abu dhabi race was that a fun race
0: it was a great race um the it was definitely the hardest race i've ever done like even with the preparation um and the training you can't conditioning yourself for it you you really can't i think it's the first race i've never seen so many people walk
1: hmm. and is that just because of the sand running you think you know having to kind of fatigue in your running style probably
0: I'd, I'd say because of the heat um probably footwear hydration um and then also the sand as well like a lot of the sand was soft so you couldn't generate that power um so your stride and your cadence had to be completely different
1: so the age group race was a beast right
0: yeah so age group was beast and then the elite was the super super.
1: so how'd that race go for you i saw you got fourth
0: um i'm happy with the result but i'm not happy at the same time Mm. because i know Like, I performed the best I could within the situations that happened at the beginning of the race. But I know I can be better. I'm always, like I mentioned earlier, I'm always looking to see what can I do to be better. When I won the European Championships, everyone was like, congratulations. Mm. And I was, I didn't know how to react. It didn't feel so real. And I was like, well, what can I do better? What can I take away from this? Like, how can I keep improving and that's the mindset I've got
1: hmm. at the moment. So <clears throat> you placed fourth. How far away were you from third at Abu Dhabi?
0: Fifty-nine seconds. Holy so shit. I saw third place fail monkey in the middle. Um I came onto monkey in the middle, got onto the ropes And I hit the bell, but they told me that the rope hit the bell and I didn't. So I had to do the penalty loop. I thought there's no point arguing um, because I'll just lose time. So I ran the penalty loop, um, tried catching third. And as he finished A-frame, well, the capital A-frame, I was just coming onto it. Um, And then it was the fire jump. So I had just missed out.
1: Mm. So... They're saying that the the rope, you, your hand was on the rope and the rope hit the bell and your hand didn't hit the bell? Yeah. Oh, shit, dude.
0: <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's one of them, I think, arguing with the marshals or anything. that ain't going to get you nowhere and you're just going right. to lose time. You just and get you accept off. it. Yeah. yeah, you just accept it because you, you've got no control hmm. over it.
1: Man, that sucks, man, that it slipped through your fingers like that. Was the bail real high or something?
0: Um, it was quite high. I think it was more gripping the ropes. But then when we were looking at people that were using the ropes, they were grabbing the top of it, and we didn't know you could do that. We yeah. thought you could grab the bottom. So it was it was a lesson learned. Mm. <laughs> but um, overall, uh, a great course. Um, definitely not for the faint-hearted um but yeah it was it was fucking awesome, man
1: right. so besides you know the little slip up there on the rig, I'm sure you've been you know beating yourself up and thinking I could have shaved a minute in other places in the race w- Was there any other place in the race where just something didn't go right where you think you could have cut some time at, or were you pretty good?
0: um, I let my ego get the better of me at the start of the race. Um, I was analysing my pace um, so after the race I was having a look to see where I was pacing where I was picking up my speed and at the beginning for nearly the first ke- uh, first kilometre I had hit 15 miles per hour at mm. speed so mm. I took off way too quick um, gators they were coming off oh, shit. my hydration pack had got caught on the barbed wire crawl not even a kilometer in Mm. and that had my salt my electrolytes so that went all over me so i had then to just use water from the water stations so a couple of things went wrong Mm. but i managed to adapt and get past it and stay focused but there was just the more i think the more you focus more on the things that were going wrong like the more it affects your mindset you gotta take like you got to think about something else instead of worrying about that because otherwise it's just gonna like affect your performance
1: yeah man it sounds like that you got the best result out of a bad situation there man because it sounds like you know with your pack messing up and having to use nothing but water and in the rig and everything man i mean you had a pretty good result even though because you had some shit go south for sure that's pretty awesome man can't beat yourself up for that.
0: Oh, hundred percent. I'm I'm happy with how I performed. Like it was a great race. There was obstacles that I was failing last year that I now I fly through. Um, the obstacle efficiency is improving. So overall I'm happy. <laughs> Positioning not too much. Um, but there's a lot of lessons learned. Um and next year everyone needs to watch out because I'm chasing it. What are your plans for next year, man? Um, so next year is going to be my last year in age group there's one goal that I haven't achieved yet and I thought I was going to achieve it this year but it didn't happen so next year I'm going for the world championship title also the trifecta world championship I'm going to keep my title at the European championship in Andorra and then I'm also going for the uh, UK regional series as well. Did you go to Greece this year? I didn't. It was either the Worlds or Sparta, and I wanted to race in the desert. I wanted a uh, a challenge.
1: Right. <clears throat> I guess that's probably pretty still pretty expensive travel, even over there too, right?
0: Yeah, it wasn't a it wasn't cheap, but it was it was worth it. It was a uh, incredible experience, but Sparta is on the cards for next year.
1: Cool, man. Well, man, everybody that I bring on the show, I usually always ask them the same questions, man. And uh, so to this day, out of all the races that you've ran, what's been your most favorite race and why?
0: <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I would say the European Championships um so Pippingford, that venue seems to be my venue. I haven't lost at that venue at all from last year to this year for some like that venue seems to be mine and everything just went smoothly from the terrain, the obstacles um and how I performed overall as an athlete um i I really enjoyed the course setup up as well so I'd have to say um, the London East at Pippingford. Park the European Championships was my favorite race to date. Mm. Like the World Championships is up there, but for me as an athlete, it'd have to be uh, Pippingford.
1: And you might have to get another town tattooed on your ass.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, I've got another cheek. We'll uh, we'll see where we can put on that one. <laughs>
1: Uh, all right, man. So give me the reverse of that question. Tell me which race that you hated the most and why, or disliked the most, or had the worst performance. Your I'd choice.
0: Say, I can't remember what thing it was. It was the first race of the UK Series this year. I ended up taking fourth in the first race. Um, my inner bitch came out hard. I didn't. <laughs> For a while,
1: at all, like I'd stop, I was punching trees um, <laughs> I, I was just I wasn't a happy <laughs> a happy person
0: at all. My mindset wasn't there. I was like, "Fuck this, fuck that, like like my inner bitch literally came out. I was like a kid in a candy store that's been told he's getting no candy, mm. so he starts throwing a tantrum. That is how I acted and that race um and it's quite embarrassing looking back right. at it as well um so i was quite disappointed with my behavior and how i performed as an athlete um at that race
1: yeah man every time i've lost my shit on course i've always like regretted it later man
0: <laughs> you, you do yeah. <laughs> you really do
1: and quit Liam. you're supposed to you're supposed to hug the trees man quit punching the trees <laughs> <man>. <laughs> so did you fail some obstacles that day
0: um I just wasn't something in my mind just wasn't there.
1: Mm. I
0: don't know exactly what it was. I set off well, but then my mind got the better of me, and the demons in my mind decided to take over. Normally, I can deal with them quite well, but I was just like with other stuff going on in the background. I just thought, "Fuck this!" I was like, "I was I was really debating about do I carry on racing um, this year after Wales." Um, But then I came back and uh, made a statement at the Euros. So it's, yeah. (laughs)
1: Right. So this past weekend, I think it's been like 150 something races for me. And like when I first got started, you know, and I wanted to do like really good, you know, because back when you had to like earn your coin and stuff like that, man, I would get frustrated, you know, because like something would go wrong, you know, or at an obstacle or I'd fail something, fail my spear, you know, and you get all upset, you know, and like, I started learning like through the years, you know, it's just enjoy the, I try to enjoy the race, enjoy being out there with my friends, but still, you know, the goal is to go there and do my best, you know, and, and have fun and everything else is a bonus. And I've been, I've been saying that for years, man. And I've just, I enjoy it so much more, just not going there with the sole purpose is, I'm going to get first in my age group today. You know, I never say that anymore, you know. I go there just like, I'm going to do my damn best today, and if it's not good enough, it is. And I just, at the end of the race, I'll think about, you know, I ran good today. I don't think I could have run any faster. And I'll think about, was there anywhere else I could have cut time? And if there wasn't, you know, like if I flowed through all the obstacles, great. Then I realized today was a good day. I ran the best I could. I don't think I could have done anything better. And I mean, and I'm like, and it's like, I would rather be fifth place than fourth place. Because when you're fourth place, you will sit there and rack your brain where you could have cut that time to make third place, you know. Because like, I usually opt for the ultra distance when there's an ultra distance, which usually means... I'll probably only do one or two beast distance races a year. So I've never gotten an age group podium in a beast race, usually because one beast race will be West Virginia. And that's usually a series race and everybody and their mom shows up, all the talents there. And then the Florida beast race, which is at the end of the year. And I've usually done an ultra two weeks before that race. And I'm pretty much shot anyway. So I was hoping, you know, I felt pretty good going into the beast this weekend. And I was like, well, maybe it'd be today, you know, I can get on there. And I did it. I placed fourth place, you know. But, you know, when I finished the race, I was like, I ran good. I flowed through the obstacles. You know, I doubt I could have cut a minute off of my time. You know, I even if I would have cut a minute, it wouldn't have mattered because my buddy Ben got third place and he beat me by like eight minutes or something. So, I mean, there wasn't a chance. So, you know, ain't no sense uh, of beating yourself up over it, man. A good day on a Spartan course is a good day no matter what.
0: That's, uh, there's, that's some uh, wise words yeah, right man. there, um, especially for those that have a temper on course as well. Like just looking at, as long as you know that you've performed the best that you can, that's all that matters despite whatever result that you get. Yeah. Um so um some great words like the best
1: Yeah, I mean and like anybody that's ever raced with me, if almost every single person I go by, I say good job, you know, keep pushing. Everybody I go by, whether it's or if somebody goes by me, I'll be like, good job, man. You're crushing it, you know? I mean, yeah. I just – I talked to everybody on the course. Um, we was running the super, and I don't remember his name. He had a shirt on, but I saw he had a – he sat, he had a different country flag on his shorts. And and uh, I run up beside him, and shit, this was like the first mile of the course. I was like, hey, man, where are you from? And he said he was from Austria. And I said, well, welcome here. I said, welcome, you know welcome. And I said, good luck. You know, we ran beside each other for a little while, you know, but that's just me, man. You know, especially when you're like on one of those directions, like it's an out and back. And the only thing that's separating you is the tape in between you and everybody else coming shit, man. I'm giving people like high fives, you know, I mean, that's that's awesome. I mean, I probably piss away a minute worth of running time every race, just because I'm just out there talking and having a good time, man. You know, it's kind of like, I would rather be out there racing with a bunch of my friends than out there and having fun, you know, talking shit with my friends, than out there, not know anybody and trying to push myself as hard as I can. That's, that's not as fun to me as being out there and shooting the shit and having fun with my friends and still trying to do the best that I can. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I get, I get, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and like when you if you ever and Liam if you ever decide to do an ultra and let me tell you you need to try to do at least one ultra man because it's
0: on the cards
1: dude it's, you'll you'll love it on the <laughs> you'll love it man i'm i'm here to tell you you'll love it just back off your pace a little bit kind of just get into a party pace for like you know the first couple of hours man and then just start rolling it out as you feel man You'll love it, man, because as much as you talk, and I can tell that you're passionate about Spartan racing. When you're out there doing a Spartan race that lasts half the day or longer, man, you enjoy it that much more. And when you go across that finish line and you finish an ultra, you just have way more feelings about finishing that race than all the other distances that you've ever done, man. And when you're out there suffering, you're like, man, this sucks. Why did I sign up for this? It's so long. <laughs> when you see other people on course and you're like, good job, it takes your mind out of the, you know, all the, you know, the pain that you're going through, man. So it's like a mental game too, you know? Yeah. I think you'd enjoy it, dude. <clears throat> so um, another question I always ask everybody is, so, what is your race strategy on Friday? What do you do to prepare for the race Saturday? And like when you wake up Saturday morning, like what is your routine before you get ready for the race? Like tell us your secrets to being badass, Liam. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so on Friday, it's more making sure that I've like it all starts the week before, well, every, leading up to every race. The week before, it's stopping on a Wednesday, like no more training, like, and it's just doing mobility and making sure I eat well and carb up. And the Friday, I'll make sure that I eat, I'll travel down to a hotel or where I'm staying. And then I'll get my race kit laid out and make sure everything's good to go. So I'm not having to worry about that on the Saturday make sure the race tickets, good to go. Um, And then I'll try to get to sleep. Um, I'm one of those, I struggle to sleep, but as soon as I'm asleep, then that's me. I'm out cold. And then on the Saturday, because I'm that excited, I'm normally up quite early. Um, As soon as I'm up, I jump straight into a cold shower. Um, It's something to get... My mind working, but also that bit of mental resilience there as well, Um, and also to kick-start my metabolism. From there, I'll have either two to four eggs, a banana, dark chocolate, honey, and blueberries. That will get mixed together as a smoothie. Um, I'll also add some collagen in there, and then I will drink that. That will be my... um, let's say, first meal. Um, so that will get me going throughout the race. I'll also have a couple of energy gels as well um, just to get me hyped up a little bit more. Mm. And then it's a case of just getting to the venue, uh, listening to music, um, but quite upbeat in music. And then on the start line, it's then into the zone. That's when... I tend to let my demons come out to play because I use that as fire to get me through each race. And um, the more fire that I have, like the more anger that's there, even though it's controlled, it fuels me to perform better, um, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. So how early are you getting up? Because that sounds like a pretty big breakfast, man. Are, are you putting raw eggs in this smoothie or are the eggs like separate that you're eating?
0: No, so the raw eggs are together. So the eggs are together. So it's literally everything goes in one big glass and then uh, you whisk it all up until it becomes a liquid. And then I drink that and that's me then.
1: Oh, right on, man. So, like, in a cold shower, that's pretty cool, man. Because most of the time when I ask these questions, I get pretty much like a generic answer like, yeah, I get up, I eat some oatmeal you know, and whatever supplements they might use or whatever, you know, you know, whatever. Most of the time it's something like that. But, you know, you told me you take a cold shower and that's pretty unique, you know, I never thought about that, you know, because if it's a cold race, I would, I don't know if I could get up in the morning and take a cold shower, but if it was like a hot race, I could totally see like taking a cold shower just to, you know.
0: Even, Even if it's for 30 seconds to a minute, like you become warmer once you get out and then your body's actually adapted to the cold as well, like, don't get me wrong, when you step in, your inner bitch comes out and that hesitation (laughs) is, uh, you are like a little girl in that shower, shivering, but the benefits from it and with it also waking you up as well, you feel a lot more recharged and fresh, good to go. Whereas if you have a hot shower in the morning, you just feel you feel relaxed whereas you do something tough in the morning you're already setting your mindset up ready for battle
1: that makes sense so you know and one of the other things like that's really stood out you know because i've been asking this question for every single guest i've had on the show and uh my buddy mike strobel you know what he does the night before he uh races the next day
0: he sleep. True.
1: He sleeps in his uh his race gear, like whatever shorts he's gonna run in the next day. He sleeps in those race shorts. Nice. It's like a, it's like a, I guess it's kind of like a superstition thing to him.
0: That's well, a that's pretty awesome. Like ready to get, ready to go the day before.
1: Yeah, I guess you won't forget your race gear if you're gonna sleep if you plan on sleeping <laughs> in it, right?
0: <laughs> that, that's it.
1: <laughs> so do you do you have any superstitions like that before a race?
0: Um, no, not really. No, I just make sure that I'm fueled up correctly, that I'm prepared, and that I have got my race shorts with me. But I'm also like, whatever I ain't got, I ain't fucking got. Like, it's one of them I'll make do without it. Um, there is like a movement that I do on the race line where I fully squat down, my hands together. Um, And it's like stretching out my hips and my groin, but then I'm also like meditating and getting my mind ready as well.
1: Yeah. And I remember you talking about mobility and I noticed like you had some videos on your Instagram where you have like this rope and it's like, you're swinging it like kind of like around to the side and around your back. And it almost looks like you're jump roping, you know, like and doing like swinging out to the side, but you're not jump roping with this rope. It looks like you're using this rope and it's like a normal rope. It's not like a jump rope and you're using it for like arm mobility and like hip mobility. Is that the purpose of those exercises?
0: It is. Yeah. Um, it's just to wake up the joints and the muscles as well. Um, you can also use it for like tabata training as well. Um, but normally I use it, for just moving around, moving my body so I'm not stiff and just waking it up. Because a lot of people, they'll get up, they'll have a shower, they'll have something to eat, and then they'll sit at a desk, like for most people anyway. And they haven't woken themselves up, like they haven't moved. And then a lot of people complain about their back, like how they ache and the sore. And it's just, if they just moved a little bit, Like for two to five minutes, like the difference that it can have on their day and also their mood as well, Hmm. um, is is quite powerful. Hmm.
1: Cool, man. So, uh, is that like something you do before you like hit a big workout, or is it just like a like a daily thing you do when you get up? It's part
0: of my morning routine. Um, We do some quite do do some uh, like woo woo shit, like uh, grounding. (laughs) So. Cold shower. At the moment, I haven't been because I've been getting used to the heat temperatures um, back in the UK. Um, it's fucking cold enough at the moment. Right. Um, so my inner bitch is really taking over <laughs> at the moment. Uh, but normally, cold shower, um, I'll put the kettle on, have my morning coffee, but I'll take that outside. I'll do some grounding. I'll do some rope flow. Then um, I'll also do something called woodworms, uh, which is waking up your joints and waking up your muscles as well. Um, and it's just getting that movement. Um, I don't like to be on my phone first thing in the morning. I think if you can set yourself up in the morning in a good way, um, you'll have uh, a pretty awesome day. Whereas a lot of people will tend to will get up and it's straight on social media and you're absorbing quite a lot of uh, negative shit. <laughs> i'm there so it's uh i'd rather start my day differently
1: see that's a good tip right there and i like that because i'm like i'm i'm kind of like that like the first thing i do when i wake up i might grab my phone and just see if like some emails come in or any notifications you know right off the bat you know but uh, just think about like if you told yourself like i'm gonna get up and do like some kind of mobility like push-ups squats or just something you know before you looked at yeah. your phone you know it's like you said, you're just setting yourself up for a better day. I know one thing, like if I get up in the morning and do like my workout or my run that I, I want to get done that day, if I do it before I go to work, I usually, I'm just in a better mood all day at work, you know, whereas if I just get up in the morning, go to work and then plan on doing my workout routine after work, I just. You know, because then when you get off work, you're like, man, I'm tired from work. I don't feel like running. I don't feel like doing my workouts.
0: Yeah, it's like we're all bad for it as well. Like, we really are. But even if you give yourself 10 minutes, like, those 10 minutes, like, it can be such a huge difference. Yeah. Like, watching the news as well. Like, fuck that. Like, (laughs) people... Social media, news on, and it's like you're absorbing all of this crap instead right. of, like, focusing on yourself, like, channeling your own energy and doing something to better yourself. Like, how's the news <laughs> going to benefit you apart from you sitting on your ass drinking a cup of tea or a cup of coffee right. and you're, you're absorbing crap? Like, yeah, that's not for me.
1: Yeah. So when you say you go outside and you're grounding, what do you mean? Like you're just outside barefoot? Is that what you mean?
0: Yeah. So no socks on, no uh, trainers or shoes. It's just barefoot outside onto the grass. Like even if it's frosty and it's a bit cold, just get out there, get it done. Um, cause it just helps, helps charge, um, helps you charge up for the day. Plus it's something quite difficult, especially in the winter. As well. So you're doing something uncomfortable, but that's going to help set you up for the day. So you're strengthening your mind. So you're getting quite a lot of benefits just from doing one small thing.
1: Right. Well, hey, Liam, I'm out of questions, man. Is there anything you want to add to this or tell people, like, if they wanted to train with you, like, where they can find you?
0: Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram, um, PF underscore Mitch. Underscore OCR. You can also find me on Facebook, um, Liam Mitchell. Like, if you do have any questions or you need help, or you just want to chat, like um, my DMs are always open. I'm always willing to help others as well. As for um, like for training, like don't overdo it. Don't make it complicated. Keep it simple and keep it moving. If like, I challenge everyone that's listening to this, because we all have bad days right now. Look at the tiniest win from your day. That could be brushing your teeth to making your bed. If you think about those small wins in the long term, like, you're going to achieve so much more and you're going to boost your mood and your mindset. So, because I know in today's society, a lot of people, tend to look at quite a lot of the negatives when things go wrong so it's like let's start being more fucking positive right. in this world because it's needed like i know we're, we can all be negative creatures but let's start looking at your wins
1: right as well yeah looking at your wins and your blessings man and that shit yeah. you say about making up your bed you know that's real shit you know because like when that's one thing i try to do like Just half-ass make it up. No, I'm not, like, doing a tuck. I hate tucking the sheets anyway. Like, the first thing I do at a hotel is I untuck the sheets. But if you've got a nice, flat comforter, you know, laying across your bed, and you come home in the afternoon, and, like, let's say you just, you want to just lay down for a few minutes and just chill. If your bed is made, it is just way more better than, like, you come home and you just got a pile of comforter and sheet in your bed, man. Like, that, Uh, it it says a lot, you know, because you know when you're out of town and you're staying at a hotel and you come into the hotel after you've been gone all day and you see that the housekeepers haven't come in there because the bed's still messed up. It's a negative feeling, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, Uh, even (laughs) though you may not think that, you know that sounds stupid but like even at your house if you come home and your bed is not made up it's that same feeling even though you might be telling yourself oh it's okay because it's my bed but if you were at a hotel and you come in and saw that you'd be like fuck the housekeeper hadn't been yet
0: <laughs> yeah it's it, it's weird how we look at the perspective of things cuz i know if i walked into a hotel room and the bed wasn't made. I'd be fucking pissed,
1: right? Like, fuck? <laughs> right, man, and and you know, I and I feel the same way, you know. And I used to not give a shit about that, but like I dated this girl one time, and she made the bed every day, and I'm like, we're just gonna mess it up again. But like, I started to realize, like, when we would come home and that bed was made, it was nice. It was a nice to see it when you walked in there. It just that clean and tidiness of a i mean you might have clothes laying all over the fucking floor, but just I don't know what it is about a made bed it's just it's a nice sight when you walk into your bedroom and the bed's made. it,
0: it really is <laughs> Well,
1: hey man, this has been a fun chat, dude, and I appreciate you taking the time, man
0: I uh, appreciate you having me um. It's been a blessing, Uh, truly grateful for me. Um, So thank you.
1: Yeah, man. Hey, you take care, brother.
0: You too, Scott. We'll catch up soon.
1: Hope you enjoyed the interview. I want to thank Liam again for taking time to talk to us. Go follow him on Instagram and follow Matt Roberts on Instagram as well. If you didn't listen to the interview that I did with Matt Roberts, go back and listen to it. It was really good. It was really entertaining. We cut up a lot and had a lot of fun, just like me and Liam did on this episode as well. I had some people ask me about what I thought about the penalty loops at Central Florida this past weekend, since Monkey Bars was the only obstacle that had a burpee penalty. Um, I mean, it's bittersweet. I've been able to catch some faster runners in the past because they failed obstacles and did burpees. You know, and... But on Saturday, I was able to stay in the mix because I failed. I mean, on Sunday, I failed the spear, was able to do the loop and stay in the mix. And I ended up placing third place in my age group. So having a penalty loop Sunday benefited me. But I know probably 75% of the time that's probably not going to be the case because my problem is, is keeping up with the faster runners in my old age group. But, I mean, look at it this way, guys. You may or may not like this new change, but think of the the stress and the extra work it's taking off of the staff. And they can put that work to better use in other places. And it's less volunteers they have, they, they got to have, and they're already having trouble getting volunteers anyway. Because, think about it, you had cameras on multiple obstacles, they bring those cameras back, and then you have all these burpees to count from hundreds of racers, you know? So, I'm for it, simply because of the fact that it's relieving all of this extra work off of the staff and the volunteers. That alone, for me, is enough reason to embrace this change. And, uh, and shit, I mean, I don't mind not having to do burpees either. But uh, anyway, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. This was my last race of the year. It's looking like my first OCR race will probably be the Atlanta Trifecta Weekend. But uh, of course, I'm going to do interviews between now and then. And uh, guys, we'll see you at the next race. Peace.